there and welcome to my podcast. I'm Sarah Louise, a construction and architectural photographer specialising in the built environment. I'm so glad you've pressed play today. Each week I drop a new podcast covering a behind the scenes look into photographing buildings and all things related in this space. I cover funny on-site stories, occasional interviews with building industry leaders in the construction and architectural field, as well as tips and tricks on how to best prepare for photo shoots and much more. Really, my adventures navigating this fabulous field. So once again, a big thank you for listening. Let's begin. Well, hello there. Thanks. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today. It's been um, another fabulous week full of fun shoots and I've got a very busy week ahead. Um, last week saw me shooting out at the Melbourne airport, which I f- I'm honest was a little bit eerie. Um, I was able to go airside, which was absolutely incredible to see all of the grounded planes on the tarmac. I guess it's going to be quite a historic time um, to be able to capture some of that was seriously a privilege, but more on that in future episodes. Now today, as finally promised, I'm interviewing one of the gentlemen I've been rabbiting on (laughs) about for the past few episodes. I'm so very excited to have the incredible Mr. Steve Parker join us. Thanks, Sarah. Steve and I, met many years ago now on the eight, William Project. Eight, eight years, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was the William Project in Melbourne for Built, and I think I was there to photograph for the Master Builder Awards, for yes. the Safety Award. Yep, yep, that's what you were there for. Which you guys actually won that year, didn't we you? Did. Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> uh, for excellence in safety. So, yes. Yeah, that was a good result. So, well done to you. It was because of the pictures. <laughs> oh, no. no. Um, well done to you and the team for what was a very intricate and successful project. Now, Steve is someone that I've always admired and respected for his manner, his knowledge surrounding construction safety, and for being such a gentleman. Professionally, Steve is an absolute guru when it comes to safety and construction and currently still working for Built. He's the man to ask all things safety, so let's get into it. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. <clears throat> so can I start by asking how you got into construction? Uh, I fell into construction, actually. I, I had my own business um, over 30 years ago now. and. Uh, it was during some tough times. I wasn't very good at being a small business uh, owner and uh, fell into a bit of trouble and uh, couldn't pay the bills. So uh, I needed some way to pay the bills. So uh, I knew someone in construction and who'd known me for a long time, thought I'd be suited. and So he, he gave me an opportunity and uh, that was, what did I say, about 30 something years ago. I won't go into too much. But uh, yeah, that's how I got into it. It was by luck more than anything. And I think a lot of people fall into the construction industry, not just through design, like going through the traditional ways of university or trade school or those sort of things. Sometimes people just fall into the industry and if you like it, you know within a few months it gets in your blood and you, you never want to get out. I can definitely attest to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought that I'd be photographing construction. Um, 
and definitely fell into it and fell in love pretty much straight away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a unique industry. Yes. Okay. So common sense usually keeps people safe at work, but it's amazing how often autopilot kicks in and then people do silly things. As a contractor that's sort of new to the game, how would you educate your staff on safety matters? Um, I take a lead from others. There's plenty of people who have done it before you. Um, there's a lot of groups you can join. There's industry standards and, and people, the Master Builders Association for one. They'll give you the guidance if you're a new contractor and you're employing staff, you might pay to talk to WorkSafe before you get going. Um, clearly, if you've got contacts in the construction industry, that's probably why you're starting a business in there and you see an opportunity. So if you're moving in that direction, I would, I would speak to industry uh, groups, uh, specifically if you're plumbing or if you're doing something like that, speak to the plumbing, plumbing groups, people who specialise in your trade. There's a lot of information out there nowadays. You don't have to do it on your own. Uh, yeah, most of the stuff's already been written. Why rewrite it? Um, get hold of some information, do a little bit of plagiarising and make it work for your business. Cool, cool. Can we talk about COVID and how that's been? What sort of measures you've had to put in place? COVID is uh, probably one of the most unique things I've seen hit the industry in 30 years. I premise that with how, how horrible it's been overseas and I, I think uh, our industry did an amazing job as a group um, from the um, federal government uh, to the state governments to the industry bodies like the Master Builders Association, WorkSafe, uh, all the unions, uh, all, all the, uh, the groups that make our industry tick. Mm. They did an amazing job of uh, getting together early, coming up with a pro forma, a system that we could trial and work under and basically become part of emergency um, under that emergency banner so we could work yes all eyes were on us for a long period of time you know uh, everyone else was sitting at home we're still out there working people were yep. photographing us it, it was a tense time mm. uh, but i think it was uh, we came out of it there was only in the mainstream construction and it's where statistics are easily available and, and sourced uh, there was three people who got COVID. Uh, that's really incredible isn't it None of them were related to the jobs. It was all a family member and passed on to them. Yeah. Because of the way we went about our business with social distancing and, and, and the measures we've put in place, all the, all the cleaning and the different things, um, it proved that it can be done. And I think it gave yes. other industries confidence to, to maybe we can get going now. It's not yeah. as bad if we follow the lead of the construction industry. So some of the things we implemented um, and we're a good industry to do it for because we're well regulated. Um, the workers were just fantastic, albeit nervous. I think everyone was nervous mm. going to work. Mm. Um, they were fantastic. They adjusted very quickly to all the new, and they're not regs, they were just guidelines brought out by WorkSafe and, and other industry groups. Yeah. We, uh, we liked the government. We were flying by the seat of our pants. Yes. And uh, I thought we did an amazing job as a group of people. I think that's incredible that yeah. only three. And, and like you said, it wasn't even sort yeah. of job, job related, it was family related. So. Yeah, and uh, that put a scare through everyone when you said, oh, he's been on site, no, yes. we're all gonna get it. And, yes. But you know, when our system stacked up, that won't always be the case. I'm sure at some stage we're gonna yeah. get a, a spike on a job. Um, not necessarily one of our jobs, it will be one of the major, major yes. construction companies. Yeah, but I think we're better 
able to deal with it now. Yeah. And I think all the hospitals and the people uh, who do all the tracking and mm. uh, the government apps, and if you're not into the government apps, there's uh, all companies now must track people where they go on site. And when there's 250 or 300 people on one site, that's a big task. Yes, so, yes. Um, but that's what we do. So yeah. we can track and, and work out if people have been close contact. And so it was uh, a fantastic, uh, Philip, for our whole uh, construction industry. So yeah. Yeah, I'm very proud of being part of it. Yeah, it yeah. yeah I think but it's not over. I, I know. I'm glad we're I, sitting apart. <laughs> I think it's a mean feat. We are, yes, we are one Social and a half. Social distancing still. <laughs> um, okay, so for someone like a consultant, say someone like myself, a photographer who's not familiar with uh, building site etiquette, shall we say? What sort of uh, measures would one have to put into place? Okay, um, so let's say you're invited to site by, by for whatever reasons. Um, most people will have a system in place prior to inviting you to site and they'll give you that information uh, of what would be required for you to go about your tasks or your visit. That's not always the case though, you know, things get a little bit lax in this, that and the other. I, I guarantee on the tier ones, tier two builders, that'll be the case. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily always the case. So um, safety begins with yourself. Yes. So if you're not comfortable, ask the questions. No one gets upset by questions asked. So yep. they, they, they can be a daunting place to go, a mm. construction site. Getting in an alley map on the outside of a building as it rattles all the way up 30 floors, yes. for someone who hasn't done that or only used to internal lifts, it can be quite daunting. I've seen a lot of white knuckles <laughs> on the side of an alley map. Um, so ask the question, you know, is this safe? How do I, you know, but there are things you can uh, prepare. You can do what's called a red card, which is an industry induction. Some people call them white cards. Uh, you, can get, you can get them online and for professional people, that's acceptable. We mm -hmm. would think that that's okay because yep. it's a good learning platform. Yeah. We don't like uh, the trades doing the online course. We prefer them to do the full day. Yeah. Uh, Face-to-face inductions uh, as an industry standard that they're better able to cope with that sort of training and, and instead of online training. Well, yes. I don't think our industry is geared yet. There's yep. probably be a percentage like me that don't feel comfortable learning off computers. Yeah. Uh, the younger set, uh, clearly they've got it all over us, but, you know, there's a lot of people 40 years and above that might struggle in that place. Sure. So we just ask everyone to do a face-to-face uh, -face induction. But if you're from a professional background, then uh, online uh, training, there's plenty of them. Yep. And that'll set you up with a bit of knowledge. You'll feel more comfortable going onto a construction site. It's not a requirement. It's not a legal requirement because you're actually not allowed to go on a construction site without someone actually being with you. Yes. Um, so you, you always get a guide, so to speak. Yes, you know? yes. Um, usually one of the younger people from the office and they take you around, make sure that you're going into safe areas and, yeah. and make sure that you feel comfortable going about your, your tasks, yes. whatever they may be. Yeah. Um, we do have clients that think that they can just come on and bring other people onto the sites and people are tiptoeing through in stilettos and other people are wearing their open-ended thongs, you know, because yeah. they're going off to lunch afterwards. Um, that's not acceptable. No. Uh, but so, that's, that's just being a little bit respectful to the site and correct. making sure you wear still cap boots, uh, a hard hat, a vest. If you don't have them, they'll be provided to you by the builder, but you can ask for that. You don't yes. have to go out and buy it. Yeah. You know? I was just going to say, as a, as a very bare minimum, uh, steel cap boots, okay. hard hat, 
have yeah. his vest. Yeah. And uh, just appropriately tied, you know, it's a dusty, can be a dusty, uh, you know, yep. somewhat noisy place. You might ask for some ear protection if it is noisy. Yeah. You know, you only get one shot with eyes and ears, maybe a pair of glasses. Yes. Depending on the task going on. Yep. Some builders have uh, uh, wrist to ankle um, clothing requirements. So you've yep. got to wear long sleeve shirts, uh, long pants, steel cap boots and the, the other PPA. Um, but that's why you speak to the and what's the requirement, and then you know respect it, and then yes. and you'll get on no worries. Yeah, cool. What are the most common dangers you see on a daily basis? And this is where it's boring. Everyone <laughs> thinks, oh, the crane's going to fall over, or or uh, you know some major catastrophe. But you know what? It doesn't happen that often. If you if you look up all those things on YouTube, they tend to happen elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and it's not an everyday occurrence. There's so much construction going on in the world. Yes, you're going to see some uh, amazingly, oh, look, that crane or that ship rolled over or whatever. But on the whole, they're a pretty safe environment. And uh, the most dangerous to me is the simple things, slips, trips and falls. Yes. Because we tend to focus on the big items, not the little items. And so people will be, you know, you mentioned earlier about, you know, common sense and this, that and the other. And all of a sudden that drops away. No one drops away when we're doing big ticket stuff. Yeah. Everyone's engaged. Everyone knows what they're doing. We have regular hold points. We're, we're, we're toolboxing. We're talking about it. We double check with engineers, third party, all that stuff. But it's the simple things. Not putting on your glasses when you're using a grinder. You yeah. get one set of eyes, you lose one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Um, your hearing. People think, really? Oh, your hearing? Why should I wear uh, hearing aids? You know, or work, mm. sorry, uh, ear protection. Mm. It's obvious, you know, imagine losing 10 or 15% of your hearing. Yes. Oh, that's, that's terrible waste. And it happens all pretty the time. easily and yeah. fairly quickly, right? It's very quickly, yeah. yeah. And more than people realise, you know, it's a huge statistic uh, in the industry back in the day. Yeah. Now hearing protection is just everywhere. It's in the smoker shed. You can reach and get some if you've forgotten your own. Mm. There's always some in the first aid room. There's always some in the office. One of your mates will have some in the toolbox. Yeah. There's, there's no need to go without hearing protection. And, and people actually want to wear it. Where yes. Ten years ago, there's no way I'm sticking out on my ears. You know how a bit silly uncool do I look? Before, yeah. But yeah, but you walk around on sites and, yeah. and you see that uh, and they don't wear them all the time. But clearly, when you're doing noisy works, you, mm. you should be wearing them. And, uh, and slips, but, you know, what's a slip? A slip is just a little bit of uh, steel, rolled steel on the ground. Um, you don't even see it, it's, a, it's the same colour as the concrete and you're walking along you, and you're striding away. Mm. Next minute that rod's under your foot and you are just going backwards and again you get one back. Yeah. Um, and you know, once you go down, you, yeah, sure you get up. But then you're not lifting bricks anymore because you can't or you're not doing your job anymore because you can't. Yes. And, you know, back injuries happen as quick as that and yeah. it's probably, um, as far as works work cover claims would be oh, in the top two of work cover claims, long-term injuries. You know? Yeah. And yep. until you've had a back injury... Oh, yeah. they're the worst. <laughs> they're the worst. And yep. uh, no one can see them. There's no Band-Aids. There's no yep. crutches. There's no... You get a broken leg, everyone go, oh, let me sign the plaster. And, oh, you poor thing, you know? Yeah. Some of the bad back sits in the corner and, you can, it, and that leads to other illnesses like depression and so yep. forth and so on because you can't be the person you used to be. Mm. So, yep, slips, trips and falls are my, yes. my answer to that one. Yep. Okay. Can I ask you if you have a favourite project that you've worked on? Ooh. 
I've got two. I've probably got three. I like all the projects. I love the industry. I love working in it. I always have. Um, love getting up to work, silly. You know, me, Mondays, I'm excited. Yep. I'm going to work. Yep. Um, but if just in the last eight years working in, in the safety role, um, I'd have to say, I'll, I'll, I'll say three. Yep. Uh, William Street, because it's a job I started on and we won the uh, safety award on. And it was it was like the dream team on that job. It was interesting, wasn't it? And, and so many of those people are still with the company. Yep. Um, and now... Uh, the younger ones like uh, Josh and, and Luke, they're now running their own jobs. They're yeah. project managers themselves in yeah. their own right. You know, and to see them just fresh out of uni and then all of a sudden now they're, they're yes. telling me what to do. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's not, not just those two. You know, there's quite a list of, of people from the William Street that have gone on and some have moved on, but they've yeah. gone on within the industry and become uh, leaders within the industry. So. Yes. Not everyone stays at the one company, but most have from that job. So yep. from that perspective, yeah, I'm going to say William Street. And uh, I've got to say Rialto. Uh, we won the National Safety Award on yes, that one. Yes, you so did. Pretty proud of that one. But no, that one, because it was the most uh, uh, difficult job from an engineering perspective. Yep. I'm not an engineer, so we always engage engineers and then third party that, that first engineer's work and... And we sat a 200-tonne crane on a live car park and we had cars going underneath it. And, yeah. And it was just an amazing job the way it was uh, deconstructed in, in, in uh, such a short period of time. I really enjoyed working on that job because it was so technical. And my, my other one is just uh, because I'm a Melbourneian and we did Flinders Street. Yeah. And we spent two years there. Yes. You see it with the lights on it now. Yeah. And everyone thinks, oh, look, they put some lights on it. Well, really, $100 million was spent there, or whatever it might have been. <laughs> and uh, we made it waterproof. We've salvaged the building. It was decayed like you wouldn't believe. It was given another 10 years of misuse. Yeah. And they would have had to have knocked it down. It was so It would have been quite back. fascinating to... It was amazing. I loved working in it. To bring it back to life. Yeah. And they haven't let it get the space yet. And I believe they are talking to people. Yep. So I'm looking forward to it. I hope we get that. I hope we get some, uh, I don't know four-star hotel or something yes. and you know, have people on the rooftop after work having drinks and looking yep. at the trains and I think it would be amazing uh, development of already a, a good icon in Melbourne. Correct me if I'm wrong but there's a big ballroom in there somewhere. There is a ballroom, it's not big. Okay. Yeah, everyone okay. says that, everyone, all my friends, oh can you take me in and see the ballroom? Yep. And I say, oh, yes, but you're actually going to be <laughs> a little be bit disappointed. <laughs> but the fact is, history of the ballroom and the people who, if you speak to your grandparents... My or, grandmother. There we go. <laughs> she used to talk about going to dances yep. there. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I asked, because... Well, it was safe to travel on public transport back in the day. And it yep. didn't matter if you lived out in Collingwood. Or, you know, we're not expansed all the way out to the outer suburbs back in the day. But, you know, Collingwood was a big trip into town. And, yes. You know, Melbourne was a big trip in. But they'd all come in on train. Yeah. And they went straight to the ballroom, yep. to the dances. And everyone who made comment about it had a grandparent says, Oh, make sure you see the ballroom. I used to dance. Yes. So I'll, then it's going to make a great intimate... Uh, wedding location. Yep. Yeah, you'll love taking photos there of various events. Oh, not wedding I'm ones. Sure. I know you don't do that, but yeah, uh, they'll have uh, so many different events in there, but not big. Yeah. Because it isn't that big, but yep. big enough to have a dance and and, and a small <laughs> intimate event. 
Um, and there was a lot of scaffolding uh, uh, along the side of... Um, yeah, it's probably... On the straight side. I've been involved in bigger scaffolds, a couple of jobs, like William Street comes to mind. Yeah. The scaffolding there was... Uh, in, in quite incredible. There was 11 kilometres of perimeter scaffold right. on that job. Yep. So I know that because we had to count the handrail and we had to measure out and then take, do takeoffs. And this is before we had the computers running and, and everything perfect and 3D modelling and everything. Yep. So we got out there with the old wheel and did a bit of a measurement on one floor, multiplied it by the 21 floors. And, mm. and there was a few that we built on top of that building. We did the maths on it. It was 11 kilometres of, of, of protection done yes. through scaffold on yes. that job. So that was big, yeah. But it was boxy, yeah. You know, we should be able to get that right, and you're working at height, so. But that's what they do for a living, yeah. Um, but again, I'm going to go back to Flinders Street. Mm. There was a hundred thousand people passing underneath this every day. Correct. Literally underneath two scaffolds on either side. Yeah. And three hundred meters long. Wasn't that high? It was mm. high enough. Mm. Um, drop something from up there, or get something wrong up there when you're working behind the scaffold. You're going to yeah. have a major incident. Yeah. You're on Flinders Street. Um, Everyone's corner. watching. Yeah, Swanson Street. Pretty... You got the flow of people, the flow of traffic. Everyone was watching that project. Yeah. Down near the where Elizabeth Street bumps into yes. Flinders. That's well, not now, but it was amazingly busy. You see the amount of people trafficking mm. that corner on all these different diagonals, and yeah, and we'd have to shut that corner down regularly at night to load the scaffold. And sure. That was a logistic um, nightmare, but. Yeah. I won't say nightmare because I did such a good job of doing it, you know, <laughs> yeah. well planned. Yeah. And it was all about the planning and mm. the scaffold itself didn't, on the south side, didn't, which is the platform side, um, didn't come from the ground level we, uh, where it did out in Flinders Street. Right. Um, which is obviously easy to build from ground up. Yep. Um, Various reasons we chose not to do it that way because there was a lot of heritage canopies underneath us and no one wants to mess with heritage and we could have removed bits and then you've got to try and put them back and it's a big issue and plus yeah. you're working on the platform so you've got restricted hours. So we, uh, we did a, what's called a hung scaffold so the, uh, some beams were put out at level two and uh, we built up off these beams that were connected back into the building through the windows and then we hung scaffold off the beam. So not only did we go up off uh, beams, we went down off beams. So it was uh, an interesting, uh, and all kudos to the actual, uh, the trade. They, yep. they, they were awesome. Yep, the engineer was good, but that's his job. Yes. Um, the project management team was good, yep. that's their job. Yep. But when you're standing out over the top of Flinders Street and you're doing that scaffold off a couple of beams hanging out a window. I can imagine the I, adrenaline. I thought they were amazing. Yeah. They did a fantastic job. So <laughs> kudos to them. Yes. Wow, oh, excellent. Well, that's all of my questions that I have for you today. Can I just say thank you so much for coming on the podcast today? Um, I think you've given a great insight for the listeners to learn a little bit more about safety and particularly safety in these strange times. Mm. Um, I've, I've really have been so excited to have you on. Um, as sort of indirectly, I always feel like I'm talking about safety on the podcast. Um, I like to think that I know a little bit of, about it, but um, obviously not as much as an expert like yourself. No, <laughs> um, but needless to say, I think it's imperative, imperative that um, people do know what's expected and approach things in the correct manner. So thank you again for your wisdom. Any parting words? 
be so. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. If you did like what you heard today, please jump on to the Apple uh, podcast and leave a review. I'd greatly appreciate that. Or if you did want to have a chat one-on-one about an upcoming project that you think we would be a good fit for, I can be contacted via my website, which is sarahlouisephotography.com.au. In the meantime, thanks for listening today. Have a great week and tune in next week for your weekly dose of Adventures of a Construction Photographer. See ya!